Let's check out what's going on. So let's see what's happening here. So let's have a test. Does I, do I sound better now, everyone? Do I sound better? If I sound better, let me know what's going on. <laughs> well, I sound like Donald Duck and we can go again. We can go again. But you've heard me talk about it like Donald Duck. So I'll do that from the top for anyone that wants to go through it again. So let's talk about this really, really important topic. And this time I'll sound like a human being. So here we go. Let's talk about it. So when you send your CV and when you send your portfolio, you spend a lot of time going through that CV and portfolio. You lovingly made this document. Okay, you've tailored it, you've got it the right size, you spell checked it, you've done all the right, right things. But what you probably haven't done is you haven't thought about the email. Now, take it from me, I used to be a part two, I've been in your situation, right? I've made that CV portfolio. But before you get to that point, if you think about it, someone's managing the inbox. They've got to be keeping an eye out for all the applications that comes in. And this is not normally the person that's ultimately making the decision. Chances are it's going to be an inbox. And what I don't want you guys doing is getting that CV and portfolio lost. You want people to open up that email. You want them to read the title 
feel compelled to click it, okay? And then you want them to open up your document. That's the most important thing. So now, if I sound normal, so apparently I sound normal, that's a good start. Not the best thing to do, to sound like Donald Duck, but <laughs> we'll go into it. So I've got some examples today, okay? And we're gonna go through them now about which, what things, so we're gonna have a little exercise together, should we look for, what mistakes should we not do? So I'm gonna bring up this now. And so you can see here, here's an example I found on the internet, which is really interesting, okay? So first of all, have a think about what's wrong with this. So if everyone can see this now, I've highlighted this and it's an example, but we'll imagine it's in the architectural world. So we've got here an email, it's addressed to a few different companies. That's probably not a good start, right? Every architectural practice wants to feel like that you are applying to them directly. You're not applying to anyone else, yeah? So it's not very good if you have a bunch of companies. So I'll get out my squiggly pen, okay? And it's all copied. They can all see each other. That's not nice. It's a bit like saying you're going dating and then the person that you're meeting knows that you're all on Tinder. You're meeting everyone else. It's not very good. It doesn't put you in a very good position right? The other thing that I'm not a particular fan in this example of is job application for your company, because that's not very specific. That doesn't really help out the current situation. You need to go into it in more detail. And we will return to this point in a bit. And the other bit that I don't like in this example is dear hire manager. That is so impersonal. Okay. And I see that a lot. It doesn't take much research takes a few seconds when you're looking at a company to work out who's there. Now, you don't always know who's going to open up the email, but as a sure bet, if you actually put the director's name here instead, so say now it was me, so if you said, dear Stephen, well, that's going to be good. That's going to be a good start. That's going to be better than writing during hire manager. Yeah, that's going to be a good start. Hey, anonymous person, I know I'm having a rough ride here. I sound like Donald Duck. Okay, so you want to make sure that you personalize it, yeah, to the, to the company, okay? Because otherwise, you're not really, you're not really making the, it come across like you care about that company. If it looks like a generic email, it will be read like a generic email, and that doesn't, instill excitement in the person that's looking at the CV and portfolio in the end. Maybe they won't even get there because right now, dear and hire manager or dear sir or madam, as I've put in the, um, the start of the, um, you know, the presentation today is not going to be a good fit. So you want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, that's not going to look good. So you don't want to do this. You don't want loads of companies. If you are going to send a bunch, take your time, BCCA, or even better, do individual ones. And this subject needs to be improved, and we'll come on to that later. So first example, lesson number one, needs to be made to feel personalized. The second lesson, 
and we'll go through it. I love I love these examples. So what's 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 this about? Tone, professionality. Okay, professionality and tone is super super important because you've got to come across professional. So you've got to get that grammar right. It's got to be specific. So I've seen people just send um, CVs and portfolios where they just go CV. Okay. That's awfully vague. Just CV. What does that mean? You know, and like here, it's far too casual. And I know this person, when they're making the example, has kind of hyped it up to say, look, you've gone to the extremities saying, hey, bro, assess, I saw your job. But it's tone, isn't it? And this doesn't instill confidence. It doesn't instill professionality. So you really need to make sure it looks well considered and written, not written on your phone down the pub, because that's not going to be good. So you really want to make sure that you do everything and that it's all tickety-boo and it's all professional. Right, moving on. Um, next example. This one I see a lot. So the title is closer to what you'd want, so application for an architect, but it's not still that personal. And then this is the other thing I see a lot as well. These kind of um, misfonts, you know? It's like copied and pasted, you know, when someone's hashed it out on words, and it really breaks the flow. Dear little words, Mrs. Tan. Ugh. You know, it's like that really jars it to me and it ruins the illusion that it's been written organically because you've got like big font, small font, kind of implies you've been copying and pasting stuff. You don't really want that. Again, it goes back to what we are talking about before. If you're putting loads of, uh, you know, if they, you know, everyone can see how many places you've applied to, and it's not, it's it's too informal, and it's all copied and pasted, then companies are not going to think you're taking it seriously. And you want to give them the impression that you're taking it seriously. Let's bring a camera up again. You want them to feel like they're applying to you directly. Now, I know, I think, especially during difficult times, now is a better time because there's lots of job opportunities out there. Really. You always want to make that company feel like you're applying to them directly. You want to make them, them feel like you are really are writing out specifically to them. It doesn't matter if, you're, if you've got 5, 10, 15, 20 companies that you're applying to because we have to be pragmatic in our job search. However, you want to give that feeling that when that person picks up the email that you have made, that it is written and curated by them. So you've got to double check that you're not copying any of our addresses in. You've got to make sure that things are not copied and pasted everywhere. And you really, really, really have to get the tone down so it's professional. Okay. So I've got a question that I'm going to bring up here from Sophia, who says, should you put Mr. and Mrs. before the name? I'm quite wary of this because of gender fluidity, but I don't want to sound too informal or disrespectful. So one of the things that I do all the time 
is I, for instance, I like to have a look at who's in the company and address it to the director. So, so here is an example. So this is Akrad Lowry. So I'm going to bring up Akrad Lowry and say now you wanted to apply to this company. What I would do is I would quickly have a look through it and I would probably start thinking about who's there, right? Because even that the fact that someone else could be looking at the inbox, that's one thing, but let's talk about who we should address it to. So I would normally click at a director's bio and this is perfect because actually all of us got his email here. So what I would do then is I would go and classic blue Peter style. I've done one that I've, we're going to do one together. So if I'm doing an application to Accurate Lowry, I'm going to put in, Oliver's email here. Let's get that a bit smaller. Yeah, let's get that going. And so that specifically, and then I would write something which is to the point. So I would say um, part two application, uh, architectural assistant application um, available immediately in central London. And, and then at the end, I would put my name. Now, lots of people put their name at the front. You can do, but I think it's important to say the role that you would be applying for. And even if you are, if there's a job there or not, I think it's good to kind of get that in because then from the subject, I can see that you're a part two Arctic assistant. This is an application. You're immediately available in central London, Stephen Drew. And maybe if you want to go to the next level, with Revit or and industry experience. Now, this is probably too much. I just want to show you my thought process because we're going to boil this down into an email. Okay. Now, the chances are that if a company or if you email a company owner, they're going to be they're more likely to pick up the email than if you send it to info at acrolary.com. Okay. Now it might come through to info at acrolary.com and it might get down and it might filter into the process and it might do all that stuff. Yeah. But it can also get lost because the amount of rubbish that goes into these info accounts is unbelievable. I know I manage a lot of them as well. And you really don't want to get lost in there. And if you have no other email to send it to, so that you don't get lost, you really need that subject to stick out. So Back to your question, Sophia. Should you put Mr. and Mrs. before? Well, the point is, if we try and find out the person's name, so I'm going to get rid of the info, but now we found out Oliver's the director. So we go, dear Oliver, or good morning, Oliver. Now, that solved the Mr. and Mrs., and that is infinitely more powerful than dear hiring manager. Uh, I can't spell there you go. Dear and hire manager or my pet peeve, which is dear sir or madam. Oh my goodness. What does that mean? It's just like such a awful catch all. Now if I read dear sir or madam, I think it's massively copied and paste. So in my one, I'm going to say it's the morning. I'm going to say good morning, Oliver. Okay. And we're going to return to that point in a second. We're going to continue. But anyone, while we're going along, now that I've sorted out my sound, now I don't sound like uh, Mickey Mouse. I know why that is. I'll show you why now, actually. 
So I've got a new, I've got a new toy. So my toy, now it should sound normal, okay? But then if I do different things, I will sound differently. So I got my little toy, but you've got to be very careful with toys that you don't leave it on a crazy, a crazy sound because otherwise it messes up. So I've learned, I've learned, I've learned the hard way. So anyways, we're going to continue. Now, please tell me in the chat if I sound like Donald Duck or anything again. Okay, cool. Hey, Ian, good to hear from you. You should have seen the start of the live stream. I had my voices on and I sounded terrible, but good to, good to, good to see you online. Okay, let's keep going. Um, Sophia, you mean uh, Mr. and Mrs. with combination of the name? Um, I wouldn't. I would personally go for good morning, Oliver. Good morning, Louise. Nothing wrong with that. You could go Mr. Oliver or Mr. Lowry, but I think um, good morning, Oliver is a pretty good example. Moving on. What? Let's, let's do one down here. So this is one I saw online. Now, I kind of think that when an, when an email letter, letter as a covering letter, it can go on too long. Now, this was a good example I found online, which it says this is a good example. Now, for to me, look at the length of this email, right? Oh, my gosh. It goes on and on and on. Now, when I am looking at CVs, I scan through it, you know. And the Sophia, this is a bit like your example of dear Mr. Baker. Okay, whatever. You don't need to do these dates and, like, this cover and letter inside it. And actually, I have a really short attention span. So when I read this, I'm like, you're writing in reference to the above vacancy? Well, I know I posted the vacancy, so, okay, it's good to know what you're referring to, but, you know, we were saying that it was posted in the mail, oh my gosh, I'm losing the will to live already, I'm kind of getting frustrated, and in here, okay, I've got one word, this person's a business device, uh, advisor, it says, great passion for business, regularly keep myself up to date, well, okay, don't need all that. That's nice to know. The first bit of information is um, I am a business advisor. I have a 2-1 degree. So that's a bit of information. I'm particularly interested in working JP solutions because of extra reputation. Okay, it's good to have a bit of rapport. So that's okay. Um, and then contact details. So that's not too bad. But this whole bit at the front is like noise. Yeah, just totally, totally, oh, I'm squiggling. I'm getting too carried away with my squiggles. But I, I just can't concentrate on all that bit. It's just absolutely far, far, far too much information. So I think it's always good to keep it sweet. So we'll make one up on the spot, okay? So I like to be to the point. I like to explain who I am, where I am, what am I doing? Why am I applying? You know, so good Good morning, Oliver. Um, my name is Stephen Drew, and I am... Uh, let's get this bit open so I can... Let's bring this open. Let's get the window. Here we go. So we just have to imagine uh, that we're in a browser. So I am an architectural assistant part two who is immediately available to start 
work within the London area and traveling to your office is no problem. Okay, you're going to finesse this, but you've got to give me a break because I'm doing it live on the live stream, okay? Um, I'm an architectural assistant who's traveling. Uh, uh, so I graduated last month with a 2-1 in architecture from the University of Westminster, okay? Uh, during my, my part one, I... Uh, part one employment I worked at EPR Architects where I used MicroStation and Revit on commercial and residential schemes okay I'm painting the picture to the employer about how I can fit into their um, projects what software have I used this is much more useful information than anything else that it, your thoughts your passions okay that's good but you can get that bit out in the cv and portfolio really the email is going to be about conveying information fast and effectively okay uh, so i've got my name is Stephen drew i'm a part two architectural assistant who's available immediately to start in start work in the london area uh you know or start working at your office Something like that. Graduated 2-1 in architecture from University of Westminster during my part one. I was appointment. I was EPR architects. And then I say the software I used. I say the sectors. Um, you know, uh, and then what would I do? Um, you can put a little bit of rapport. Stroke the ego. Um, I have been following, and how would I work all this out? So the first thing I would do is like, if I wanted to stroke the ego for the employer, Let's have a look what they've done in the news. Uh, and you don't need to go on and on and on and on. on. Um, but let's see. So let's see. Um, you know, there's so much here. Because look, I'm looking at this podcast. I'm looking at the projects that they've done live. You know, you can see, um, for instance, here, there's projects that Acra Lowry did in Reba Journal. So you could say, look... Um, I saw your recent article in the Reba Journal, um, you know, for, uh, where is it based? For Better Queensway on South on Sea, of South on Sea, and, you know, you'd get rid of the text and you'd form it out. And then you'd basically see, um, doo -doo -doo -doo. and basically now, so I've established rapport, South End on C, because that's going to be really important. And I got to get rid of this copied and tack, paste, because that's not going to look, um, so that's a bit of that. So I've conveyed a bit of rapport. You know, um, I would be very, um, I would, I would love, I would, or I would be more than, than happy to meet you in person or online at a time that suits your diary to discuss my experience and learn about any 
openings at Ackroyd Lowry. Please find attached my CV and portfolio. Yeah, cool. And um, and then now, okay, this is where it gets really interesting. So if you were um, kind of, you can kind of do like weasel talk. Now, what do I mean by weasel talk? Sounds bad, but like, oh, please, I hope, I hope I can hear from you. And it would be great if you can get in touch or you can be a little bit ballsy. Um, um, and ballsy is... Um, uh, instead of saying, oh, I hope to hear from you, you can be like, um, please, is is there a time or date that would work for you next week? Now, that's much more ballsy than saying, I hope to hear from you. And that's probably going to grab their attention because I've asked a question. I said, is there a time that works for you? Now, the human psychology means when people ask a question, in an email, you feel much more convicted to write uh, an answer. So if I receive an email with a question, I'm much more likely to reply to it than someone that says, I hope I can hear from you. Yeah. And so that's really important. Now, there's going to be some attachments in this email and we'll go through it as well. But the other thing that's really important, loads of people send stuff, but they don't put their contact details. So you can be the best person. Yeah in the world but if i haven't got your contact details how the how can i get a hold of you so put in your your phone because you can say yes yeah, steve but i'm sending an email and that's fine but imagine that email then goes to the junk mail or this company wants to speak to you on the phone i think it's going to be much 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 better if you put in your mobile phone number so put that in Okay, we're going to have a little break in a second. And I'm going to ask one or two more questions from the audience. And then I'm going to talk about the what you should name your CV and portfolios. So I've done this one live. Now, this could be finesse, but I've done this on a live stream. So please humor me. And But I just want to show you the concept. I want to show you my raw thought process of being a hiring manager in architecture, being the recruitment consultant, and being a part two. So, okay, so Shibangi, we've got a question. Is it okay to say, let me know if you're open to a chat at the e end of the email? Really good question, and I touched upon it a bit. It's absolutely fine to do it. And I think a nice way is to ask a question at the end. Yeah. And because I think then that says, is there a time that suits you? And what you can do is you, you then leave it go and then you can follow up with the employer like a week after or whatever and just double check and say, hey, did you manage to receive my CV and portfolio? It's no problem if you're busy. I just wanted to double check whether you've got that. And I think that would be really, really useful as well. So, Shafangi, let me know if that answered your question. And Sophia, I'm loving the questions coming through. Okay. So are you considering email content to be a cover and letter? I attach a different document. Um, mm, I, in recruitment, cover and letters, they don't really affect, in my opinion, someone getting the job interview. It's normally the CV, the portfolio, and the initial email. I normally think, and this is my opinion, now everyone has different opinions, so Sophia, remember, this is just my opinion, but I think generally cover letters are usually far too long and they kind of 
talk about stuff which isn't always relevant. Um, so by all means, do a cover letter, but don't do a lot of information. Keep it clear and concise. And I think if you're going to do one thing or another, I would um, rather you spend time on an email which isn't too long. So I think this is like the perfect balance of person's name, specifically saying their name. You've got like um, a good subject. This is probably a little bit too wordy. You could boil it down, you know, maybe get rid of that, you know, and then it's a bit shorter. And it's personal. You say your name, you say who you are, you reiterate you're available immediately. Um, you finesse out this sentence a little bit, but then you say the important bit is facts, it's who you are, what you are, what you have, what software you have. And, you know, during my part one, uh, I was employed at EPR where I used MicroStation and Revit. So I'm saying that I have this skill and uh, then you kind of stand out there. So Ian actually as well, you should check out Whitespace. Ian works at Whitespace and Ian's also worked in recruitment for many years. So Ian, I'm really flattered that you agree because there's so many emails which really just do not grab my attention so uh definitely drop ian an email after this if you want to reach out you can speak to me about opportunities but there's a few good guys out there and i do think ian is one of them so do drop ian a message um okay right i've got to put my thinking cap on for a second which is a little bit hard because, you know, I've already messed up the live stream. I've already sounded like Donald Duck at the start. But we're going to continue on because that's what this is all about, right? So the CV and portfolio. So uh, I see lots of filed names. I normally see stuff like, um, so my name is Stephen Drew. So a good example, I think, would be Stephen Drew, um, part two, uh, um, architectural assistant cv okay dot pdf yeah so that's probably a better example of one now you can't you don't have to do it quite like that let me put that up there but that's not a bad one to do it another example could be stephen drew cv dot pdf that's okay now the ones you want to kind of avoid is stuff like this uh, really hard to understand. My CV, oh, I get that all the time. And, you know, I've got hundreds of people's CVs. It's a nightmare. If I, if I see you, imagine I see your application, I think, oh, my God, that person's awesome. And then I forget your name. And then I've got to find that file. And it's actually on my hard drive. It's my CV PDF. Maybe you lose your interview invitation. And that would not be cool another bad example of ones i see is um sd 2022 the pdf so my initials 2022 i mean that's just absolutely awful that's gonna get you in the bin other ones uh trying to think they're generally all bad i mean the i always find it funny when i get ones like final cv you know no so if, if, if you think about it, that these portfolios and CVs are going to be catalogued on someone's database within GDPR remits, then actually, you know, you, you want to get it right. So something which is clear and concise is going to be really useful. And you should mirror whatever pattern you decide with your portfolio. So um, 
portfolio.pdf. Okay, that's better. So Sean's got a suggestion. Yeah, I always put the firm name in the PDF as well for record I sent sent it to and know how to follow up. Fair enough, Sean. Not a bad example. So yeah, so we would do in Sean's analogy. So I've said the company to apply for is a company called Acre Lowry. So I'd go Stephen Drew, um, part to app um, CV for Accurate Lowry.pdf. Okay. Now, the only caveat I would say with that is, and Sean, I think it's a good idea, but you've got to be careful. Once you've done this application, you don't then send the, the PDF for Accurate Lowry to another company. Because they'll be like, ah, it's down as Acre Lowry. So, uh, and then they'll be like, well, this person's just copied and pasted it through. So that wouldn't work out well. So you generally, you can do that, Sean, and I think it's a good suggestion. But if you're going to do that, audience, be diligent. Okay, so I think we've got to a nice halfway mark. Let's summarize. Be clear, concise. I put easy contact details to find and no waffling. No waffling. That's the hardest thing to do. And when I was younger in my career, I would tend to waffle more. It's very, very normal. Don't beat yourself up if you do it. But think of yourself like an editor. You've got to, um, you've got to basically distill things down. Okay. So we're going to have a recap and then we're going to hit the roads because it's Wednesday and we're all going to have, you know, you want to have a cup of tea or relax before going back into the job. So avoid sending CVs to multiple people in the same email. Not a good idea because it doesn't make them feel loved. We have to give the illusion, if it's even if it's not true, that you care about that company. You know, but it maybe it's I don't think of it as a lie. Don't think of it like that. But think about when you write in that CV and portfolio, that 10 minutes of is dedicated to that practice. And you're going to give them love and attention and caress it and then send it off perfectly and then focus on another company. Yeah. So you don't want it to seem unpersonal. OK, thank you, Sean, for your support. Really appreciate you on the live stream. Really helps to get people like yourself in the audience and one or two other people. So have a round of applause. Now, you've got to get the tone right, okay? You don't want it too informal, and you don't want it all copied and pasted, okay? That's not good. You don't want it too long. Oh, my gosh, look at my scribbles. But you don't want noise, you know, you don't want loads of text with no information in it. Because right here, the green bits was all that I found. Too waffly. Um, thank you, Sophia. Got a laugh. Should have seen the start of the podcast. I talked for like three minutes as, um, as I don't know, Minnie Mouse or something. Well, lesson learned. I will check for next time. But yeah, I agree. Got to have a laugh. The Otherwise... The day is far too long. This is probably like the best size length, in my opinion. You know, person's name, hook, going through it. And then we did one live here, didn't we? We did it together. And what I did is I went on the Architectural Practices website. I looked at the news page. I looked at the careers page. I looked at the about page. I looked at the person. I tried to personalize it. The more and more and more this is personalized, the more unlikely it is to be overlooked. 
check their profiles, got the name sent in, and then curated it, and then got a little bit of news, and we put it in so that basically in this, the first part of the design is personalized, so I got the person's name, then this part is saying who I am and how I'm employable, because I can join, I can work on Revit projects, MicroStation, I got my 2-1 from University of Westminster, I worked at EPR, residential. Now you see how much in my email I'm putting information in there, okay? I'm putting down that I've got my name, who I am, I'm available immediately. Look how much I'm, London, look how much information I'm putting in, okay? This is the most waffly bit, but it's kind of stroking the ego because I'm talking that I understand the company, but then I say other bits of facts, which is happy to meet you in person or online at a time that suits your diary to learn about openings. Attached is my CV and portfolio. And then I put the important thing. I put a question mark, call to action. Yeah. So compared to this, where there was one, two, three, four, five bits in the first part of the email, I optimized it so that this is full jam packed of useful information that the employer can then hopefully take all that on board and they know what to do. They know who you are. They know what your skills are and you've made it really easy for the person. So that if the person has a short attention span like me, they know where to put you in the project. So, all right, I think that's it now. And I touched upon naming conventions being useful. So let's bring it back. It's been a bit of a wild ride for a Wednesday. We've gone through the emails. We've gone through what you should, how you should construct that, personalizing it, getting the right tone, not having it too long because we're all busy, yeah? We want to get through that information as easy as possible. Make it easy for the person that's reading that email with your CV and portfolio. Make it so easy for them to read that they know who you are, what you are, where you are, and when you are available, and why they should hire you, yeah? So who, what, where, when, why, super, super important. If you put all of that in an email, I think it's gonna really resonate. Have a really nice punchy subject title that's going to really help as well so making it easier and to curate the email a little bit spend five minutes you don't need to spend any more trying to get one or two of the director's emails so you can direct it to them or failing that you can put it in the general inbox but direct the email to the directors and uh, in the subject title um, you can you make it specific what you are, but then at the start of the email in the two bit, you say to the director. Yeah, I think that would really help. So last thing, if there's anyone here that wants to ask a question for the next minute, that would be great. Look at my skin. It looks so bright, doesn't it? Let's turn that down. Let's get it down here. It goes so dark. Has anyone got a question for the next two minutes? What I can do is... Uh, I'll put a little bit of music on. A little bit of elevator music. Has anyone got any questions while I saw my lights out? I'll give it one or two minutes. My pleasure, Mr. Anonymous. There we go. There we go. So I'm on a good Wednesday. Sending out applications. Did you know that uh, yesterday the Home Office released something saying that 
it's the most vacancies ever at the moment. So it's a great time to look for jobs. Thank you, Ian. There we go. I hope you had a good, we'll have to have a good catch up. I agree. All right, everyone. Ooh, I've got a question coming in. Let's get serious. I'm gonna do the last bit. For someone that hasn't any experience about to graduate in a master's, how would you word the section about employment? Really good question. Okay, we'll do one really quickly. Let's see if I can do one quickly. So um, I would just tweak it. So I'm going to get it ready now. I would just tweak it. So let's bring up it up. Okay. Tweak it. So you can go, I graduated. I've two one at Westminster. Um, during my studies, I used Revit and Grasshopper um, on conceptual projects, which I believe would translate well into a professional working environment. So, Damiola, you basically still say that you know the software, you still say that you could your degree, you still say all that stuff. Um, but do not worry about being a graduate because we all have to start somewhere. So just a little tweak, but the, the principle still works. You know, you're still saying who you are, that you're available immediately, the software you use, and you're thinking about it for them. Yeah, you're thinking about what projects you would apply to, and you mentioned the software that could be most applicable. So I hope that helps. And if you want any further questions on that point, I should say I've done a lot more material on the architecturesocial.com. You can check that out. So let's load it up. So I've designed this website. I've actually just upgraded as well. Um, the sections for courses and guides. So you can check it all out here. And so now I've got like a new filter system. So it's like, it's gonna be much easier for you to search for information as well. So when you're doing your CV portfolio and all that stuff or how to get jobs, you can check it out here and you can go and you can click certain things and you can find um, relevant information that will help you with your applications and tips for CVs and portfolios. So that's all on the architecturesocial.com. And if you are currently looking for a job right now, if you're a graduate, there's advice there on how to get and look for a job. And if you are struggling and please do check it out. And if you are someone further along in your career and you would like to talk to someone about your career, you can give me a call. That's absolutely no problem. Or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Ian was in the live stream earlier. He's a nice chap and he could potentially help you. Or you can contact me or you can contact both and you could speak to people about your current situation. And if I'm working on a role that is relevant, then please uh, feel free to talk to me about a few of the jobs that I've posted and I can go through it with you. And if I don't have anything relevant, I will tell you not to waste your time. So last, last, last question before I close down the live stream. Taha, I hope I pronounced that right. I do think you're your um cut your linkedin picture is badass is it okay to give some project in specific information to to 
to talk shortly about our experience in email or these kind of things in the C look better in CV. So maybe just keep sectors and software like a little taster in the email so that the person goes into the CV and portfolio. It's teasing in. You don't want to spill all of your candy in the lobby. It's a strange expression that I learned the other day, which means you don't want to give everything up before the person um, looks at what you're offering. So you want to make sure that you tease enough information that they open up the CV and portfolio. But the key word I said was tease. It needs to be engaging enough that they open it. It shouldn't be difficult, but you don't want to give away all the goods because otherwise maybe they read everything and they go, oh, this person wouldn't fit into our our um, practice and they never open your CV and portfolio and maybe... Um, maybe then they would have, if they opened your CV and portfolio, they would have said something different. They would have gone, oh my gosh, what was in the email? Um, it was okay, but now I've opened up the CV and it's got even better. So maybe just tease bit. For someone who needs a visa to work in the UK, is it a piece of data that should be added to the covering letter or email is more suited in the CV? Really good question. Put it in the CV, but probably put it up the top quite clear. You can mention it in an email. Now, people worry that this means that they're discounted because they think, oh my gosh, if I say I need a visa, I'm never going to get an interview. But let me ask you this question. Imagine that um, you go to an interview, it takes you weeks and months and all this stuff. And then they realize that they can't sponsor you at the end. That's going to be a waste of your time. So always put your negatives or that's, that's the wrong word that I mean. Always put things that you think are barriers that you're worried about, those negative thoughts. That's what I mean. In your head, put them at the start. I am ready to go. I do require a tier two visa, but I am able to make that process as easy as possible. So you're diffusing the bomb before they even make it a big thing. But I've covered more about that on the Architecture Social Debolina. So you can check that out. And that is all there in the advice and discussion section, which is on here and thearchitecturesocial.com forward slash advice. So I'll put that one here check out the advice section and have a look at some of the stuff there cool okay i'm running over time um paul um my pleasure and thanks for being here and bearing with me especially when i've got the voices wrong and taha um eh, thanks for the comments on that note i will be ending the live stream now Thank you very much. Do drop me a message if you do think there's anything you would like us to talk about next week. Do watch the recap. And do you know what? Screw it. We'll keep in the two minutes of me sounding like Donald Duck. How funny. It's been a good fun, good session. And I'm sure I will see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>